are now listening to Black Guy Therapy, a therapeutic podcast. Hey, 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 welcome back. It's Black Guy Therapy. You what already up, know what, what it up, is. What up. Shut up, Henry. <laughs> <laughs> what up, what up, what up? This is my entry. Yeah, my entry, my intro. Nobody's studying your intro, man. Anyway, welcome back to Black Guy Therapy. Again, we're happy that you're here with us. Uh, we always love it when you click on us because that means... We a therapeutic podcast, and we and we bringing some to your life therapeutic, right? That's Maybe? right. Should be know. at least, hopefully. Anyway, I'm gonna shut up today. I ain't got much to say today. Um, I'm gonna let Joel take over. But you know, um, again, we a therapeutic podcast, and we here. And today we have a special guest, but not name Henry. Not name Henry. Not name Henry. Right? Hey, look here, player haters, y'all gonna get up off me. <laughs> So I ain't. I'm with that. I'm out. I'm gonna let. I'm gonna let Joe take us away. I'm gonna just. Yeah, Joe. This is your show tonight, man. We gonna I'm sit back and listen, out, brother. I feel feel kind of good. I, I need my, that, my James that, Brown robe. That's that hundred proof you sipping on. That's why you feel good. Man. <laughs> that's what that is. But no, uh, seriously though, I do have a. We do have a special guest today, uh, Mr. Jamar Stokely. Uh, we're going to dig in. This man is a, a good friend of mine. Uh, we met each other back in 2009. And he changed my mind a lot about entrepreneurship and uh, really the American dream, whether he knows it or not. And I know he does because we've talked about it, but just what the American dream really means. Okay, I'm going to say, hold on. American dream? Didn't we just talk about this? We did. And okay. that's, that's why this is such a big topic okay. for me, because this has been an instrumental person in my life uh, that kind of changed my thinking gotcha. as far as how nice. we should be approaching yes, life sir. in general. Gotcha. And um, somebody that made me kind of question myself and and feel a little bit I, I don't know the word I want to look for right now but not up to par would be the best way I could describe it because conversations that we had I saw him actually doing so he had to break you down to rebuild you yes sir there it is. I saw him doing the things that I was kind of afraid to do so as we kind of went forward in life I was like you know what maybe what he's saying there's other ways to accomplish it too. And I, 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 I will talk about that probably. Hopefully we'll get to that a little bit, but want to introduce my good friend, Jamar Stokely, entrepreneur, uh, another man from Detroit, Michigan, uh, by way of East Tennessee. Okay. Is it, is it Kingsport, Jamar? No, uh, I was trans transferred from Detroit to Greenville. 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 Yeah. Home of, the only other president to be impeached, or the the first president to be impeached, is from Greenville. Oof, Andrew mm. Johnson. Mm. Good. Yeah. <laughs> Good. He was a white man, wasn't he? He was a white man. <laughs> yeah, probably. As far probably. as we know. Right, right. As far as we know. But yeah, um, just a, a a really close friend was in my wedding, so this is like a brother to me. Um, so Jamar, there's. So why wait, let's give him, let, wait, hold on. Wait, let's give Jamar a round of applause. Man. Yeah, Thanks welcome to the, to the show. We appreciate, <laughs> yeah. we appreciate you. We're going to give you all the applause here. So. I appreciate it. I literally just took a bow. Thank you. There you go. There you go. <laughs> well deserved, sir. It's well deserved based off what I've heard. So we got some questions that we're going to talk about. And for those listeners out there for Black Guy Therapy, you already know, very organic show. And we kind of go as the wind blows in that direction. So we may not be able to stay on topic with some of the questions. However, I believe there's a lot of good information that we'll be able to kind of share uh, with the group here in Nashville. Uh, and then for all of our listeners out there, um, Jamar, anything that you want to add before we jump into the questions? I'll, I'll go ahead and turn that over to you now. 
Yeah, one, I want to say thank you, Joe, for that introduction. That is the best introduction I've ever had in my life to date. And uh, number one, in the mirror. I listen to you. Get... <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't mind uh, pumping the egos up a little bit. Um, but I, I, I truly appreciate that intro, and I, I love what you all are doing with Black Guy Therapy. When Joe first told me um, that he was jumping into this realm doing a podcast, we talked about it a long time ago, as he stated. We've got a lot of history. Mm-hmm. And we actually made an attempt. We went into a studio and recorded, I think, a couple of uh, beta shows and just never fully pulled the trigger. And now to see him actually doing it, doing it with you, Todd and Henry, and listening to how organic you are, how authentic you are, and taking on topics that most of us won't discuss publicly, especially. I have to give you all a round of applause. I pray, wish, hope, and will support you to thrive in this space. I don't want you to ever stop no matter what. Please keep it going. We appreciate that. Thank you, brother. Yeah, man, appreciate that. So we'll jump right in. Uh, first question I want to ask is, what prompted you to take that entrepreneurial journey? Because it's as you and I know, this is not an easy direction to go. So so what was it? What happened? What was like that straw that broke the camel's back that said, you know what? No more corporate, no more bosses. I'm going this direction. Yeah, I think that, uh, well, I know the main answer, which has changed throughout the years, um, is that I'm worth it. Mm. And that wasn't something I would have said when I first took that step of faith out in entrepreneurship because most of us don't really put the gauge out on our value. We don't really put it on a scale. We just know we're worth something more. And so throughout the, the decades of, of working with corporate America, doing sales, customer service, all this fun stuff, for other people fun stuff, it was misery for me. I felt like there was so much more I could be doing. And one thing I've always done since childhood has been some sort of a mentor or coach for other people. And it had been that way through my nine to five gigs. I always made relationships fast and people always felt comfortable talking to me. I always loved to listen and I would only regurgitate that information that I felt was beneficial for them. So Right before I jumped into entrepreneurship at the last job that we had, Joe and I actually worked it together. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the one thing that really weighed in on me was that the man that owned the company was able to put everybody out. And we had just gotten to this job and worked it for several months. Mm-hmm. But he said, you know what? I'm going to do something that's unprecedented for a company of my size. I'm going to take it back private. And when he did that, he said, and you guys can go. And matter of fact, I'll pay you to leave. Yep. So this is a company that's offering severances to people with no tenure. They're not seasoned in their seats. And I thought that was just amazing that he was able to do that. While I was listening to everybody else bitch and moan and complain about the culture and how could you do this and watching emails shoot back and forth and people panicking and the C-level executives giving us all these, these uh, uh, messages of hope. And then, you know, next week they're gone. 
I sat there and said, this is amazing that he knew he could do that. Right. He said, I'm going to do it. And he did it. And to date, I believe it's still that way. And he's, he's, he's been successful with it. That was the catalyst in me saying, well, my brother from another, I'm going to take this money you give me <laughs> and I'm going to do something for me. And I'll never sit in another uh, nine to five job again. And, and I'll jump because in. Because I think I'm Sorry. worth it. Yes. Yes. And, and, and to kind of piggyback off of that, it was one of the strangest conversations that you and I had, because I remember we were sitting down in the, like the cafeteria area. And you said, I will not work another nine to five again after this. And that was 2014, if I'm not mistaken, 2013, 2014, somewhere around there. And, and I was like, I was like, nah, he crazy. And you have not been back. So that been that, very close, been very close. Right now. Now. So so I want to kind of play into that right there. So number one, how long have you been self-employed and how difficult has it been to stay self-employed? So we'll be running into uh, year six, first quarter of next year. That will be year six. Of course, uh, I, I believe when people hear the term self-employed and insinuate there's an income. And I say Far from it when you go on this entrepreneurial journey, unless somebody's handing you seven figures like people I don't mind not talking about. Uh, there is no income. Right. And you're going to starve for a little while before you hit that, that, uh, that threshold of making any type of money. So I've, I've been doing that five years strong, be year six next year. And uh, no, no plans of uh, pumping the brakes. So let me ask you a question. And 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 it, it's kind of it's funny. We're talking about entrepreneurship. Everybody in this room today, um, me, Henry, Joel, all of us, we, we all have our own LLC and we all have another business outside of um, our, our main jobs. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know you, you said earlier um that I knew I was worth more and, and I hate to take, make you go back, but, but you know, for, for people out there who are getting ready to embark on the journey of entrepreneurship, because I know when I first started and thinking about going into entrepreneurship, doing something for myself, stepping out by myself without, without a safety net (laughs) is kind of tough because there's nothing there. So can you can you kind of just talk about because again you said I knew I was worth more. Can you talk about that feeling, knowing that you're worth more, but still having that 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 feeling in the back of your head, like, well, damn, I don't know if I need to step out, but it's like, well, screw it, I'm gonna go on and go mm-hmm. and and see where it takes me. Sure. I uh, we all have a, a sense of, of greater value. I don't think there's a human being that walks this earth that doesn't feel they're worth more than where they are. Mm-hmm. And it's a, it's a scary place to be because typically you're where you are based on however long you've been living, based on your choices, your environment, whatever's influenced you to that position is probably something that's comfortable, even in your discomfort. It's something you know. And being worth more than you are in present is something you don't know. You don't know what that looks like, which is why we don't gauge our value typically 
because we really don't know where to start. But one thing's for sure, if you're alive and you've been on the planet, you know, childhood years aside, if you've been on the planet long enough to be an adult at any stage of your life, you have increased in value every step of the way. Yeah, that's true. You just haven't recognized it. And so this actually correlates to what I actually do as a, a public speaker, as an, as an influencer, is trying to help people recognize how much work they've already done. Your fear is based on your comfort and your history and where you've been already. Got it. The other side of that fear is the unknown. Got it. Well, let's look at how many times you didn't know what the next day was going to bring you and you made it to this point. That's what I had to wrestle with, even to date, to even want to make that first step out into entrepreneurship. I was tortured enough by working for other people who didn't have the same values as me, who didn't see the worth in other people the same way I did, let alone seeing the worth in myself. I was tortured my very soul in sitting in other people's seats and making them tons of money. And it's not about, it's not strictly about the money. I'm, I'm sure we'll get to that later. But just knowing, we won't even get into purpose or anything like that. Just having that unknown, but knowing you're worth more than where you are is enough to jump in there and fight with it and wrestle to try to figure out what that is. And once you are inspired to move any direction, I encourage anybody to take a step. Even if you end up taking a step back, take a step, whatever it is, even if it's just research, take a step, just one, and see how you feel in that moment. The great thing about that is you will always go back to that moment. You always have the opportunity to go back to that moment and hopefully you'll grow from it. And look, entrepreneurship is not for everybody. Right. We can't have a world full of entrepreneurs. It's not going to work out too well. Somebody has to work for somebody, and there's no shame or shade in that. And I actually compliment people who are like Joel, case in point. When he talks about our history and talking about entrepreneurship and stuff like that, and through some of our conversations, him feeling subpar, well, today, he developed in a way that said, hey, I can work in somebody else's box, but I can also work the system to where I'm comfortable because I know my value. So I'm going to teach you all how to respect my value and I'll, I'll, I'll swim amongst the sharks. And they don't know I'm a killer whale yet, but <laughs> I'll let them believe what they want to believe until I get real hungry. And so that, that's a part of stepping out there as an entrepreneur it's just the wrestling with what's my value? Am I worth making this step or even a promotion at your job or changing your job or whatever it is in your life? It's just saying, okay, I'm worth more, but what does that really mean? And then wrestling with that question right there. You know, and I'm, I'm glad you say that too, because something else that I think is important, I've heard it said a number of times, and I'm sure everybody else has heard the same thing. If the people that you consider friends or that are in your circle if you're sm the smartest person in the room or your thought process is beyond every person in the room, you got the wrong circle of influence. 
And to be honest, like everybody in, in the room that I'm in right now, which is Henry and Todd, and then, of course, on the call, Jamar, everybody already has given me a little bit additional where it like makes me want to push like we we say it all the time and I know I say this and it sounds like a joke but when I say Henry's the hardest working man in Nashville that's not a joke Henry, yes it is yes it is I do I do not work hard at all people don't let these people out of y'all Henry wears about 37 hats is that true or false false <laughs> 30 okay 30 hats <laughs> So, so just seeing that and understanding, like, there's so many ways to get it. Yes, it is. It, you don't have to lock in on one thing to be able to be successful. See, what I never understood about people want to be entrepreneurs or finding their niche is how you limit yourself to one thing. Mm -hmm. That's what I don't understand. Like, no one should limit themselves to just one specific thing. You might not have to be in total control of the thing, but why not invest in that other thing? It makes a sound. This sounds like a good idea. Right. You but never see, know what that can turn into. But see, you got to understand that, you know, especially millennials and, and I'm the millennial in the room. But when you have when you have parents who are older who tell you, go to school, get a job, stay loyal to these people yeah. and they're going to promote you it's and tough. then you'll make all this money. It's hard to break that cycle. Right. Mm -hmm. I didn't learn that I could make my own money until a few years ago. Until the the rise of the the um like the the ride share industry like Uber and Lyft and all this stuff, I'm like, well, wait, I can make money on the side of my my own job. Yep. Yeah. So a lot of people just don't don't even know. Yeah. So and that's why like having people around you mm -hmm. again going back your to that circle. concept of your circle. Yeah. It's so important to have people that have diverse backgrounds. So so the country we live in. It doesn't want you to be diverse. Not at all. No. It, it wants you to be secluded to the section or the area that you came up from or the people that you've been around. This is you. Mm -hmm. This is your box. Yep. You stay here. And you'll be okay. And you'll be okay. Yep. And that's, that's farthest thing from the truth. So going back to our guest, Jamar, one of the things that he always forced me, and, and I say forced, and I mean that, because he forced me to think differently because I was always that guy that was like, no, nah, we shouldn't do it this way. We should do it this way. No, nah, we shouldn't do it that way. We should do it this way. And everything that I was thinking was more conventional. Yeah. He was always more outside of the box. So everything that we're talking about on Black Guy Therapy, which is a... It's a therapeutic podcast. That's right. <laughs> everything that we talk about... Jamar, it, you have to... You have, I, I do, I'm, I'm <laughs> interrupt right there. I saw, I'm sorry. Jamar, you have to, inter, you have to forgive... My, my, my co-host in here, they just get out of hand, especially the guy named Todd back here behind the control board. <laughs> it's a therapeutic podcast, boss. It is. And, 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 but Jamar knows, and he can speak to this light. And we've, we've, we've had some ventures together from, from, and I, I'll say it. I don't even care. Jamar, I hope you don't, don't get upset. We had a music career that we were pursuing together. Okay. And, and he was more global with the thought process i was more backyard with the thought process mm -hmm. and i didn't think it was anything wrong with that and realistically it wasn't mm -mm. but just to know that there was somebody who was thinking bigger picture than me it's necessary to have people that that have vision that goes further than yours yeah because if your if your vision goes the furthest in your circle mm -hmm. then you're not going to get very far yeah. so it just even though we didn't we didn't make it to that next level where we were global icons as far as music was I concerned mean, it's cool man it's cool we did however at least me i learned so much from that process mm -hmm. 
So so even going back to like right now, Jamar, and I and I'll throw this question back at you. It's so difficult to pursue that when the world is telling you, as Todd said, your family, mm-hmm. go to college, get a good job. That's not a good idea. Yeah, it, that right there. It's kind of not. So, Jamar, for you. But hold on, hold on. Oh, before, go, go you get, before you get to that next question, okay. let's go back to this music career. Okay. Because now you opened up a can of worms that I okay. must know now, Joe. Yeah. Were you singing or were you rapping? We were Thrilly and Spinelli. We were the new Millie Vanilli. <laughs> I'm lying. I'm I, I, I was going to say, you know <laughs> what? We got to take a break on that one because I, I I don't know how to respond to that. <laughs> no, no, we we are hip hop. We had Millie Vanilli complexions. Right, right, right. <laughs> he was the light one, I was the dark one. I don't know which one was which, but but no, that that's we we hip hop hip hop heads. Okay. To our core, so we were on that side of the game. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. That's all I wanted to know because I want to say if you were singing. We going. I know it's a clip somewhere on YouTube <laughs> that I'm going to find, and I'm gonna play that for the rest of the show in the background. So, nah. <laughs> I, and I wanted to say this to your, to your point, um, Joel. To your point, you said, um, you know, you had this, you had this vision, and it wasn't. You were thinking inside the box, and uh, Jamal was thinking outside the box. Yep. But you wanted to go here, and he's like, uh-uh, let's go here. Mm-hmm. But it, it brings me back to that old, uh, I, I don't even know if it's a proverb. I know people used to say it, if you want to go fast, go alone. Mm-hmm. But if you want to go, was it, if you want to go long, go together. Yeah. Is that how it goes? Something like Something that. Something like that. Yes. So, I don't know. Which it, version, though, you read? Was King of, James, uh, <laughs> yep. St. Luke? Uh, yep. Yes, the answer know. is yes. You know, they got 30 different versions. So you probably said it right in one of them. The answer yeah. is yes. <laughs> so, Jamar, jump in here then. How difficult has it been for you specifically to stay the course of entrepreneurship in spite of all naysayers? Because we know the world is going to tell you that going at it alone is not the way to go. So how difficult has that been for you? It, it has had its moments. And, and before I even dive into that, I want to go in reverse to something Henry said in regards to understanding uh, the entrepreneurial journey when somebody focuses on one thing. Mm-hmm. Well, diversity is absolutely uh, a great goal for anybody. Multiple streams of income or what have you. There's a saying out there from the... Uh, Martial arts master Bruce Lee, he says he doesn't fear a person that does a thousand kicks. He fears a person that does one kick a thousand times, that trains that one kick. And for some people out there, they can focus on that one thing. And maybe that's their one strength. As a matter of fact, I've known entrepreneurs who failed all the way through school, mm-hmm. who got kicked out in elementary school mm-hmm. because they could not grasp all the education that was being thrown their way. Right. They were only good at one thing. There's a gentleman uh, in Arizona that ran a coding company. He was only good at engineering and specifically uh, these coding mechanisms, these sprayers. Phenomenal at it. But what in school is going to tell you that? What's True. going to point that out? True. Which is my problem with the, the, the system of education right now. But we can dive into that later as well. But that was that one thing that brought him all the success he needed where he went from a failed child with people turning their back on him, including the teacher telling him you're not going to be anything, 
to a successful entrepreneur that ran a coding company, and that's all he did. And so we just have to know what's best for us. There's a lot of trial and error that comes with that. Again, having multiple streams and then having a diverse portfolio as an entrepreneur is fantastic. But most people will come to the gate thinking that's the way they should do it. And they're horrible at multitasking. Mm-hmm. And there's no way in the world they're going to progress as an entrepreneur because they have too many things going at once. They need to focus on one thing. That included me. I did the same doggone thing when I started out. And to, um, which is the perfect segue to, to what you asked, Joe, how difficult has it been? The journey's been difficult more so because of my choices. And when I first started out, you know, I wanted to save the world, but I also had that passion for music. And I had that passion for public speaking. And I had a passion to support anybody that was in pain. And so, again, Henry, to your point, that was my way of saying, okay, I'm going to start this company and I'll help all these different types of people. And I'll have a music side where I'll just consult and coach over there. And then I have my public speaking side. And then I have this side for going into businesses and doing, it was too much. It was too much. And I never perfected one thing. It didn't matter how great I was at speaking. If you don't focus on that one thing and drive it out there for the people you want to impact to receive it, because you're distracted doing other things, mm-hmm. it's not going to progress. There's no way. It's mathematically impossible. So do you? So think- I had a lot of pain starting out, a lot of growing pains because of how I started. And I didn't have a mentor. I think I, I heard you say you, you stuffed out there alone. I didn't have a mentor. I barely even researched entrepreneurship. I just knew I'm, I'm not going to work another nine to five. I'm going to get out here and you just I do don't work something. more. Yep. Yeah. Gotcha. I'm going to do something. So do you think if you, not, not, not knowing your situation or your team, but do you think if you had a, a solid or more solid team around you when you first started, you would have been able to multitask those different things that you wanted to do? Now I got I got to jump in real quick before he answers this question. Okay. Cuz I was a part of that team. Okay. And <laughs> I already know what the answer is going to be. And I think for anybody that's listening to this episode, key into this mm-hmm. what you're about to hear right now because this is probably going to be for anyone who who wants to kind of go out on this entrepreneurial journey, this is going to be some of the most valuable information that you can receive. So I'll I'll jump out of the way. Jamar, go ahead and speak to that piece right there. What does it look like when you have a team? Mm -hmm. How does that benefit? Or on the flip side, how does that negatively impact? Yeah, to answer your your question, Todd, um, of course, having a great team means everything. To have everybody firing on all cylinders, everybody that, accepts and honors your your mission, your passion, your value, and will execute on behalf of you. Well, that's wonderful. I don't know how many startup companies especially get that type of team. Um, In my case, when I first started REC, which was uh, Royal Apex Creation, I had up to 12 people, 12 people in support of me. Now, Retrospectively, 
I said this on the, on the show I did last week about um, entrepreneurship. It was a giant advisory board with tons of advice, and everybody was very helpful uh, with providing education for certain things and just giving suggestions. It was a giant advisory for, board because I was doing, I say 98% of the work, and I think I'm being kind. I was still doing 98% of the work, but my thing was, I've got some friends around me. I've got my brother around me. I've got my cousin around me. I've got some professional affiliates that have done very well for themselves around me. I'm comfortable with this team. We did not get very far. I did get some speaking engagements. We did uh, uh, show up as a, uh, as a mob. Well, not mob, not a good word. <laughs> as a pos- positive, uh, influential group. Positive posse. To certain events or what have you. And uh, that was that was all well and good, but to say that we thrived as a team or as a company, no. And one of the biggest things I can bring out, because you also mentioned uh, uh, being able to stay the course despite naysayers. Mm-hmm. So a naysayer is not just somebody that actually tells you, vocalizes in, in any way, shape, fashion, or form that you're not going to make it, you can't do it, you'll fail. This is stupid. You're foolish. That's, that's not the only naysayer. Sometimes a naysayer is somebody that gives you a promise, but they break it. Mm. Somebody that's too distracted by other things to help you efficiently. Because what that does is it tells you how to perceive your value. I'll do it in my time, not yours. Well, why can't my time be your time? Those are naysayers as well. And the most difficult, we'll be very transparent and revealing right now, the most difficult was when Joe was there because he was the number one. As you said, we worked a few jobs together. He was, he's seen me on this entrepreneurial journey, throwing my hat in the different rings and trying different things. But this was the one thing in 2016 that he said, now I'll be with you because Joe is not the ride or die guy. He can be, but he's smarter than that. Sorry to offend whoever just got offended, but I'll explain. I called him my drive and survive guy. He's not going to tell you yes to just anything. He's not going to get tasked approval. He's not just going to nod and go. He'll say, wait a minute. That's not to your benefit, brother. We're here to live. We're here to thrive. Why are you going that way? If you insist on going that way, I love you and I'll be here, but I'm not going with you. That's the type of brother I had with me. So my confidence was through the roof about what I was doing. Now, again, I'll go back to what I said. I didn't do a whole lot of research about entrepreneurship. There was a ton of trial and error, trial by fire. I knew when I came out on the other side, I'll be refined The fire dust. But the people that are with you don't necessarily want to get consumed by that fire and go through that process. Joe was one of those people. Mm -hmm. And I had developed a formula, which is a very strong personal slash professional development formula for you to self-check. Very thorough, very intense. And I'll say Joel went through it better than even I did. And when he came through that process, Joel figured out, as he said earlier, this is not the spot for me. That was heartbreaking. Very disheartening. Because we had, we had committed to otherwise, but at the same time, I understood the process he went through. And I got it. Still hurt. 
but I got it. As it does with everybody else that has something bad to say. I've been dealing with naysayers since I was a child in Detroit. Light skin, as we already talked about. Ain't <laughs> like light skin, brother. You automatically a pretty boy. Yep. But I was an introvert. I was shy. I didn't really talk. But that label was already put on me. And then I, I didn't like being part of the majority because the majority were the ones making fun of me in the first place. Mm-hmm. So if, if something came up to be gang affiliated or whatever, I wasn't for it. I was a peacemaker. Didn't help when I hit uh, a certain age and got chubby and the girl still loved me. Guys didn't like that, for real. The, the ones that were stereotypically, uh, aesthetically a better match for them, you know, the bullying intensified. And then I, I've come through an abusive situation at home, so forth and so on. I, you know, everybody has their traumas, and we can dive into that later if you want to. But I consider that, you know, naysayers have been prevalent in my life from the jump. So perhaps I have an unfair advantage because I've been trained up for so long and I recognize it. So when you talk about a naysayer now, I take it as a compliment first to have the attention and I'm inspired to move forward because I get a definitive answer of which way not to go when I have a naysayer. There's someone that's bold about it. And, it's and kinda... even in the case... Oh, I'm sorry, go, go ahead. ahead. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I thought you were done. Go ahead, finish. No, no, because I'm, <laughs> I'm turning this into a seminar too because I'm, I'm <laughs> picking up all the airtime. It's supposed to be a dialogue. Well, I, I was going to say it's 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 interesting that you say, look, you know, you've had these traumas, and that that helps you. It and and I'm just going to kind of talk from our community's perspective. We have a lot of people in our community who have had some type of past trauma yes. in their life that yes. that that almost pushes them into the um, entrepreneurial space because sometimes they're not able to work in a place around people, a lot of people or people in general or certain types of people. Mm -hmm. So it, it, and they're like, well, I can't do this. So I need to do something for myself. Um, And I don't know. And, and this just came to mind when you were talking about it. I don't know if that's something that, that drove you into it or maybe that obviously it's something that fuels you because you said, "Hey, I had this, and and that helps me keep mm-hmm. going." Yep. But you know, and again, this is a therapeutic podcast. Just talking about it from the therapy side, like, what is it that's in our DNA that pushes us towards that entrepreneurial spirit? You know? Yeah, that's a good question, Jamar. I don't know if you have an yeah. answer for that, but <laughs> if you if you yeah, think you yeah. can attempt the answer, go ahead. <laughs> Yeah, I, I can only speak for me and whoever agrees with me. Um, I do think that's part of it because when you when you face certain traumas, uh, you have two roads to take, especially when, they, when they're extremes. And, and let's back up. Trauma is absolutely based on perception. There are some things that are inescapable as far as the impact of trauma. Mm-hmm. Some things are based on your choices following that trauma. You actually have control at some point and you still choose to follow a certain direction. Jump back forward. I chose to do what the majority don't. So I even sat in front of a counselor to discuss my abuse, um, all those things that happened to me. And the counselor told me 
I would be a statistic and much kinder words. Wow. If you can believe that, that could be kinder, but I would be a statistic. I would most likely grow up to be like my abusers. That did something to me. And I am at this point, maybe 12, no, 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 maybe 14, somewhere around there. And the first thing I thought was, no, I'm not, and I'll never be back here again. But that started a whole other mess of problems. Again, I won't dive into it because we're talking about entrepreneurship. But yes, that type of trauma will motivate you to go one way or the other. You will either snowball to the very extremes that damage you, or you will fight against going to those extremes, and you have to go the other extreme, which is, for many, entrepreneurship. It is, it is absolutely therapeutic for some people. Mm -hmm. uh, you mentioned not being around people. That's not so much for me, even though I'd say I'm, I was an introvert. I still am to an extent, but I'm also an extrovert, and I don't really believe in those labels because based, based on definition and the time of day, year, whatever, you can be either or, everybody can. Truth. But um, I never had a problem socializing. And even in my nine to fives, I, I never had a problem. I built relationships quick. It's just what I did. But again, perhaps you're right, Todd. Perhaps it's those traumas, those extremes that were just eating at me saying, you know, this is another form of abuse. Mm -hmm. You're sitting here being tortured just as you were as a child and you couldn't do anything. You're out of control. You're letting somebody tell you what to do, give you a schedule. To... Maybe that's the case. That's a fantastic question. I'll, I'll ponder over that one. And it's crazy because you think about this um, and just, I just, this just popped in my head, but those traumas, those abuses that we go through, those traumas, right? Isn't entrepreneurship, that is, you're going through all those emotions <laughs> as yes. an entrepreneur. Cause yes. I know there's times where I'm like, Oh my God, I, I, A, I need to make money. How yep. am I going to make money this week? Okay, this ain't going to work. I got to do something else. All right, uh, this might work. Uh, no, that's not going to work. All right, all right, I'm doing well. Hey, all right, somebody just beat me up now. I'm back where I started. Yes, like, you know? So, <laughs> I mean, you Preach. go through everything as an entrepreneur. You go through all of these all of these random emotions. And it, when, we're, when we have trauma, it seems like sometimes we go through a lot of emotions, right? Yeah. So is, is, is entrepreneurship... A form of trauma? <laughs> yes. It, it, so. In itself, it can be. Yeah. In itself, it can yeah. be because it, yeah. it, it's all trial and error. Yeah. So you're going to have highs and lows, and that's part of life. You have highs and lows. So mm -hmm. on a day-to-day -day basis, everything ain't going to wake up sweet. Yeah. Oh, you're right about that. Yeah. So, so I, and I'll speak to this real quick. With the business that my wife and I have together, uh, Sam, which is Saving a Marriage, and I mean – I guess maybe towards the end, maybe give out some information on that, like website and stuff. But one of the things that I saw consistently, because this is my wife's baby. Mm -hmm. It was her idea, her concept, something that touched her heart. Mm -hmm. I just said, I'm going to support you because I believed in it. So similar to when Jamar created Rack, Royal Apex Creations, which was the speaking firm, I believed in it. And, and when I believe in something, I'll get behind it 100%. Mm -hmm. So when she started that, I was like, I'm behind it 100%. But then I, I was like, I don't want to overstep my bounds. This is yours. I don't want to make it seem like it's mine. I'm here to support. But when, when I watched the emotional 
roller coaster she went on as the the founder of this movement. Mm-hmm. It was crazy, man, because you don't realize how much people will fight against you when you're trying to help them mm-hmm. to be the best version or get to the the best place that they can potentially get to. So as a matter of fact, and and this sucks, man, but one of the couples that that was a part of our group, we just got a text over the weekend that they're going to go ahead and get a divorce. But even the message that we got, it was like, this just, it just, it sounds weird. It, It was like, it was more about, it wasn't the marriage, but it was the individuals. You know what I mean? And, and I'm not going to go too far in that direction, but just the journey itself. I've seen my wife go through all of it from the, the, the super highs mm-hmm. to the super lows to the anxiety of wondering, do people care? Do they want to be a part of this? Should I continue? We purchased this name. I got to go down to the city and we got to pay for it and we got to renew it every year mm-hmm. from seeing all of this stuff. To then seeing one of the couples that came that the first year they came to one of our retreats, they were coming as friends. They're like, you know, we already done paid. When we get back home, this is done. Mm. And they wound up staying. And they're our poster children because to this day, everything we do, they're there. Mm-hmm. And they're there like, yo, if we had not come to this particular event at this specific time, we wouldn't even be together right now. So that was all I needed. And, you know, I know we, we kind of talk about religion, but there's this parable that Jesus told about the sheep, the lost sheep. So it's talking about the 99 and the one, you know, you leave the 91, I'm sorry, the 99 to go get the one. Mm-hmm. And that's what it was like. It was like all of these couples that seem like, oh, everything is cool over here, but they weren't. Mm-hmm. And to see them join the rest is like, okay, I see that what we're trying to accomplish, it has merit. We've got to continue it. So knowing Jamar and understanding some of the struggles he's gone through, because I was a part of the struggles he went through as a as a very, very close friend. I pulled away because for me, I I was like, I don't I was nervous. Like, I can't leave my nine to five and join this because I don't think this can give me and my family what we need to, to survive. So I had to step away. And then as I was stepping away, I realized, you know what? The premise, the principles, the foundation of what he's talking about, I'm still on the same thing and mm-hmm. I'm unhappy in corporate America. Mm-hmm. So what I had to do was use what we discussed and the formula that he talked about. All right. Now, how can I make my role in my current organization be about me as opposed to the current organization? And that's what I had to do. And when I was able to do that, and Jamar and I have talked about this in depth, I actually created not just my own title, my own role, but basically my own department within an organization. So I look at this as my personal entrepreneurial journey as a partner to the corporation I work for. I'm not an employee. I don't see it that way. We're partnering on this mm-hmm. because I'm giving you something that before me you didn't have. And you're giving me things that before you, I didn't have. So we're working together. And part of that is exactly what Jamar's talking about. So the next question, Jamar, and I, I know we need to take a break here soon. We got to pay some bills. Uh, how much time we got, Todd, to uh, talk before we need to take a break? We Like 15 minutes ago, but it's okay. We, we can keep going today. We can, okay. Let's just okay. keep pushing. We'll pay bills later. Yeah. So, so Jamar, I want to jump into this then because I think this is going to be more important. There are a couple of things that I want to ask you about. Number one 
is InSnip. I want you to talk a little bit about InSnip, what it is, how it got started, uh, and then the premise behind Rack and, and f- you know, what it was, why it came about, and why it's important, and how you're still kind of pursuing that. Because I think of everything that we've discussed, Rack and what it meant and the formula, I think that's brilliant and I think it's very necessary. So talk to us a little bit about InSnip and then talk to us a little bit about after that about Rack what it was, what it is, why it's important. Sure. Um, InSnip is, I'm not, now I'm power. Uh, I don't curse normally. Well, starting to become my normal. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> I went, I literally went years without saying swear words. Um, because I, I'm, I'm, I'm huge in not empowering things that aren't beneficial. And, uh, and this was later on before I even started on this mission this years, years ago. I, uh, I found myself cursing a lot. Even when, when I was rapping, I was cursing a lot. And my mother told me I'm not going to listen to another song. And I said, you know what? If this is going to push my mother out of my life supporting me, I'm going to stop doing it. It's not worth it. So I stopped cursing. I, I didn't write another song or curse word for it a good strong decade out of about 14 years in pursuing entertainment. So back to the question. InSnip, if if you say that slow, I'm not in. And the reason why I say say it slow is because what do they tell people when they're seeking sobriety? They say the first step is admitting you have a problem. Yep, correct. And and to me, saying that to yourself admits you have a problem. Now, somebody's going to hear this and say, I don't have no freaking problem. Yeah, we all do, actually. We're all addicts. We're all insane. We all have issues. Absolutely every single one of us. Each one of us is attached to something that we may not recognize as redundantly stifling our, pro- our progress in life. Every single one of us. And a, a a checkpoint for me to check myself is not to beat yourself up. That's not what this is about. It's to say, hold on, I'm not celebrate your accomplishments. I'm all about that. And you know this, Joe. Yep. I'm all about celebrating what you've done great. I'm all about you trumpeting yourself, so forth, so on. But everybody needs to be humbled and grounded before somebody else humbles you and grounds you the wrong way. So if you can say, I'm not to start, you can now admit and acknowledge I've got flaws. And then the next part is now, right in the middle, because right now you're not. This is what we're acknowledging. And since you took that first step, and if you have the the will and determination to resolve whatever issues are, are hindering you, now you unlock power. And that's the next part of that. And so I, I put that in there specifically, um, not just because of something catchy or unique or what have you. It literally means a lot to me is how I live my life. It was just a unique way uh, for me to put it for myself. As I said before, I, don't, I wasn't cursing. And all of a sudden this idea popped in my head. And I'll take it to the acronym as well, in SNP. So that also tells a story. So to gain that power, you have to internally snip away at those things 
that are stalling, that are blocking you, those hmm. those mental obstacles. Yep. You got to turn them loose. You got to set them free. You got to cut them up to the to minister shreds of unrecognizable proportions. You have to internally snip away. And so, in snip spells it out, and then actually saying what the acronym is spells it out, and it's basically an, uh, a show of empowerment. It actually started off as a book, which. I've finally completed going through edits. I plan to have it self-published um, by December. But it started off as an empowerment book, and I want it to be the greatest empowerment book that's ever been on the market. And it's not about anybody else empowering you. It's about you empowering yourself. Um, you know, it's hashtag city out there with everybody using empowerment. Nobody really seems to grasp the magnitude of what it means and what it takes to be empowered, let alone to be in power and have control. People really don't do that. So I decided, um, I had I had this show idea, YouTube show idea on the shelf for some time now. And I was actually um, watching a group out of the UK who I am partnering up with now to help me develop a little bit more. And we got to talk about that too, the lack of support here locally. Um, but I, I partnered up with them to help me get this this message out there. And I said, the perfect way to do it is to do where do what everybody loves doing, which is watching YouTube. If they like visual stuff, if they can watch it, then they might catch the message as well. If they just read it, maybe not so much, unless you have pretty pictures. And it's unfortunate that it is that way for the majority. But then you have some unique uh, uh, situations out there or, or platforms such as yours Black Guy Therapy, which says enough in its title that it will attract the people that uh, uh, may may or may not be entertained, but they they want to know what's going on. What's the message? I need help. What are these guys talking about? Oh, they are just like me. They're speaking for me. They make me feel good, you know, and that's why they, they tune in. So that was the, uh, the basis of why InSnip was created and why it even has that title. And then you asked about Rex. Yes. Um, so, Royal Apex Creations again was a was a move to to support other people. Like I said in the beginning, I I had this Jesus uh, complex, which Joel actually pointed out to me. Brother, you keep trying to save the world. You know, it's, <laughs> it's admirable, but that's exhausting, and it's impossible. And that was the the foundation of Royal Apex Creations is that I want to save everybody. When I hear people in pain, I want to do it. But I had been insanely and redundantly doing things, pouring out sweat equity, spending all my time supporting so many people independently, individually, in their living rooms, face to face that didn't really value me as a person. They valued the information and the efforts and whatever I could do for them. They didn't really value me that I ended up doing things to the detriment of my own family, let alone myself. And that's how Rack was born. Because I said, I cannot keep doing this. I need boundaries. So perhaps if I develop a box, get an LLC, so forth and so on, I'll be under control. And since public speaking is the most efficient way to get this message out and impact uh, a multitude of lives at once, I can do it from the stage. I can do this. 
And that passion for people will never leave. It's been a part of my DNA since I was a child, as I said before. So to be able to develop it into a business where the expectation was to, to gain a revenue, I went for profit, probably, again, to the advice of my giant advisory board, especially Joel and a couple of others. Yep. Maybe the nonprofit route would have been better at that time. <laughs> but uh, nonetheless, the passion does not leave. Right. And that's why even to this day, rec is a huge part of me. Why I let the the uh, the public display of rec dissolve, as long as it's a part of me, it doesn't go anywhere. And I dare to say it's still a part of Joel, anybody that's, that's been a part of that system or knows about the formula or anything that we were doing before, it's still a part of it, so it'll never go anywhere. And, and the moment that I decide to make it public again, Nothing will have changed except I will intensify my efforts to help people and I will be more focused on that one thing to get it done right and efficiently this time. Did I answer your question? That does. Now, the sucky part about that answer is this. We only got two minutes left. (laughs) That sucks. And I'm upset about that. Yeah, it happened fast. So here's what I need you to do for me, Jamar. If you could provide us with uh, just a couple of uh, names, whether it's Instagram, YouTube. Yeah, let us know where we can find you. Where let us know where we can find you. Yes, where, where people can find this content, where they can find and contact you. Share that with us now. We want to get that out there to the masses. Sure. Everything's in Snip Show. In Snip Show on YouTube. In Snip Show on Instagram. In Snip Show on Facebook. And if you want to reach me directly on Instagram, it's royal underscore Stokely. Um, not that you won't reach me directly on InSnip show either. It's just me right now. So spell that, that InSnip that, for us, my, just, just to make sure so everybody knows. Sure. Again, it's I'm not, now I'm power. So it's I in, look, I had to say it in my head. I in S N I P, InSnip show and see jamar I, I appreciate you for coming on speaking with us this evening brother uh i wish we had more time but we got this producer over here that's on a power <laughs> trip and he <laughs> likes to cut people off man and I, i'm working on it I, I got i'm i'm gonna have my own podcast here flash and lonely at the top i've been telling people for, for weeks so i'm gonna get you back on the show man well i'm gonna just let you you do your thing man because this guy wants to cut everybody off henry does not like one hour at he, all he, he don't like it at all <laughs> but but on the serious side just kind of jump back before you have to take off jamar thank you so much for jumping on here thank you so much for sharing some information for anybody out there who is contemplating the entrepreneurial journey please 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 and and jamar I hope you don't mind me saying this reach out to this brother right here because for the past, like, I don't remember how long we said, but it's been at least five and a half, six years almost now. This mm-hmm. has been the primary purpose that this brother has been serving to not just our community, but to the world. And and if you're thinking about it, this isn't something you can just turn on and off like a light switch. This is a, you have to be completely bought in. You have to understand that, hey, I may not be a millionaire overnight because I see other people doing that. This is a labor of love. This is for me. 
This is for my family. This is for my community. And it, it, it is not a quick thing. This is something that takes time to get there. And I'm going to leave you with this, Jim, that one of my mentors tell me. He tells me all the time, it took me 43 years to become an overnight millionaire. Mm. There you go. Yep. All right, guys, this is final thoughts. Y'all Y'all know how it goes. Yep. So Jamar, take the floor. But you the guest for the night, man. The final thoughts is all on you, brother. Jamar, you got 30 seconds, boss. Take it away. <laughs> 30 seconds. I love it. Because it doesn't even take 30 seconds to commit to learning how valuable you are. If you are wrestling with the thought that you should be doing something more, continue to wrestle with it until you progress forward and never, ever look back. That's you legit. are invaluable. That's legit. Preach. All right, who's next? That's it. I Do mean, I, we, we can't. How can you compete with that? Cut the music off. <laughs> <laughs> you can't. No. So so I want to say again, Jamar, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, this has been uh, a great show for me because this is one of my one of my closest friends. This is a, a, bl- a brother for me, not blood, but this is a brother for me. And so many things that I've learned over the last we met in 2009. This is been basically one of the most influential people in my life to kind of get my mind around a little bit different thought process i don't have to go the normal i can go this way and make it happen so i want to thank you here on the show for that jamar and again anybody listening hear what he's saying hear what we're talking about and understand that you don't have to go the normal path receive it and apply it yes sir love yourself that's going to be the most important thing you love yourself then you can kind of push all the other stuff out the way and you can chase what you want to chase and I'm a, I'm a, I guess I'll round us out here, but I'll say it like this. I'm working on a new business as we speak. And you were talking about how you were trying to help Christina be the best her. Well, with my wife, she's trying to help me be the best me. Mm-hmm. And like, I, I'd be yelling like, no, nah, no, nah, I ain't trying to do that. Yeah. So I say all that to say this entrepreneurship is a great thing. It's a hard thing. It's not an easy thing, but when going through it, make sure that you look at the bigger picture. Yes, sir. Because if you look at the bigger picture, then the the small stuff doesn't matter because if you see what's going to happen down the road, Mm -hmm. then what you're going through right now is just a trial and you'll get through that. It's it's nothing. Yes. Because the the, the bigger picture says this is, this is better. Yes. But anyway, I'm going to leave y'all with that. And as the music plays us out, that's all we got to say. And I guess we out. Peace. Build and unite people. All right.